Hey, Gwen. How you doing? Hey, Chris. I'm doing good. Glad to hear it. It's been it's been quite a while since we have done a show. It's always like we always are like now we're on it. This is gonna be every week, and then <laughs> and then and then we don't. No, and then generally like I will vanish. But I'm hoping that that will no longer be a thing. I've finally had a week off work, which has been desired for a long time. As some of you may know, I moved from the United Kingdom to the United States to work for Meow Wolf as their live stream producer here in Santa Fe in New Mexico. And kind of since I moved in October, I haven't really had any time off. And as jobs will do when you're in a reasonably high position in that job, uh, they will ramp up and get more and more busy and difficult. And so a week off was really needed. And I finally had one. And I feel yeah. a lot nicer now, which is good. So I'm back. How are you, Gwen? I'm I'm. I could use a week off. I have a week off coming in June, yeah. Nice. Uh, like, this is basically, it, it's a really bad time to take a week off, too, because I, uh, there's a lot here. So I don't know exactly when my ship date is. Ah, this is for the video game Kine, for those of you that are not aware, that you can find on the Epic Store right now. Yeah, thank you. They, hey, don't worry. so good at... You promote stuff. That's so good. I'm just like, I'm hoping everyone knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, so I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on Kine. Um, I'm in the final part of making of the game. Ooh. Like I'm in that final phase. And I've, I'm, it's coming out. <clears throat> it's going to come out this year. I've got kind of like a small window of a couple months when it can come out. And every month is shit. <laughs> as far oh. as I can tell. Just because like, uh, I don't think I can get the game done before September. Oh. Um, which means I, I'm launching in either late September or August, or sorry, late September, October, November. Um, is that maybe bad? De- maybe December. It is the worst time to launch is right. It's when all the other games come out usually. Ah. Um, like it, at E3, you'll notice everybody announces their, the big titles. Okay. So, so all the big titles get announced right before the holidays, um, because people want to pick it up for their kids and stuff, right? Yeah. So, because all the big games get announced around then, the press, like Game Informer and everybody, uh, they'll have their covers bought and so forth. Uh, basically, it's impossible for anyone to get press that isn't a very, very big deal. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Because, yeah, you generally, from working in re- game retail, that was the time. All of the games, like... November, December, that would be the, and now they're all, actually, like, October, November, that would be the everything's coming out mm-hmm. time. You would get all the new FIFA, you would get the new Call of Duty, they would all land upon you at the same time. And it was great if you worked in retail, because your store was suddenly making a lot of money, but, <laughs> which yeah. it wasn't in, like, June. <laughs> But there's there's this kind of general wisdom that you you don't want to launch at the same time everybody else is launching, especially when all the bigger games are launching. There are some people say that it's okay if you're indie because you're in a different bucket, but I honestly think this year in particular it's um, almost worse to be indie launching this time because you've got... Um, we don't yet know the launch dates of Stadia and Apple Arcade, mm. but what we do know is all those games... The games that are going into these things, like, I, I know the word on the street is, like, there's a lot of money going into ED, these projects that are in Apple Arcade. We're talking, like, they're indie, but they're indie in, like, the, you know, over a million dollar range. 
Yeah. So these are some very well-funded, polished games that are coming out. And they're generally cross-platform. So, so for instance, when Apple Arcade la- launches or Stadia launches, there's going to be not... It's those games won't just be on those two platforms. A lot of yes. them will also be on the consoles and stuff. In the same way that like, if there's an Epic Games Store exclusive, you'll also see it on the consoles. So what's going to happen is like, when those two platforms drop, you're just going to see just loads of games are going to flood um, this mm. year. And that's coming, I don't know when, but I'm, I'm really nervous about basically when that is. And I've heard the rumors. <laughs> And I'm like trying to wiggle my launch date around it, but I there's just like I'm in the blast radius of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I don't. So yeah, there's no solid release date on Apple Arcade and Google Stadia as yet, as far as I'm aware. I don't think there's a Google release date. I know there's not for Apple Arcade because I remember watching that big event live and being like, oh, no date, huh? And that was the thing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that they'll announce an E3. And then as soon as they announce, I'll make a plan. And I honestly don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if it's better to come out before or after. And I don't know how many people are going to, uh, how many of their game, their launch, I don't know what their launch lineup is. I don't know if mm. how many of them are cross-platform or are going to release day and date in all platforms. It's just like, I don't know. It's stressful to think about that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I don't know how much it matters. And, That's what I was going to ask. You know, well, I mean, it matters in that... Uh, like, the, because the Apple Arcade is going to be exclusive to OS X and uh, iOS devices. Well, and just l- like I said, though, all the games in Apple Arcade will also be on the Switch and the Xbox. And oh, the so you're thinking they're going to simultaneously launch at the same time on everything. Is the... I mean, if, if you have a million dollars and you're an indie, that seems like the thing you would do. Oh, yeah. But also, I would imagine if I were Apple or I were a Google, I would say, can you please come out on our thing first? Here is X money to do that. Um, You'd be surprised. That's not the way... Oh, how would I put it? <laughs> uh, there's certain things I can't say, but I, I can say this. Like, for Kine is in the Epic Game Store, right? Yes. Um, They... Epic is well aware that it's in their best interest to for the game. They want the game to do well, mm. and they want the only place to be able to get it on PC is the Epic Game Store. So they want me to launch it on other consoles at the same time, if at all possible. Huh. They don't discourage that at all. In fact, it's very much encouraged. And I suspect the other storefronts would be similar. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> You've also got a PS5... Which is not going to be E3, but they're already making... Oh, have you seen the really exciting things we're learning about PS5, Gwen? Just as a brief aside. Oh, what? You It can load Spider-Man from the PS4 in a second. Wow. <laughs> I well, heard I mean, that I and thought... I was like, whoa, no way. Last gen games in a second? <laughs> what can it do for PS5 games? Can it load those in a second? Probably not. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think... I just had that thought. That's not exciting. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I know. But I mean, that's part of... I think what Sony did was very intentional, right? Like, they they knew... Everybody else is coming out with something new and sexy, especially, like, these streaming boxes and so forth. Yeah. And Sony... We'll get into what they just announced recently, by the way, which is far more interesting. But, oh. like, when they, when they announced the PS5, they did it kind of, like, in a... 
like off the cuff, like, yeah, of course, we're working the yeah. PS5. Oh, I've said that before. It's going to yeah. have an SSD. Don't worry. It's going to be um, it's going to be able to play your PS4 games and so forth. It's, and they kind of downplayed it. And it was smart to do because if what they're going to do, if they that there's a concern that the entire market will wait and not buy a PS4 this year at Christmas mm. because the PS5 is coming. And if they if they tell the market like, no, 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 your PS4 games will play on that. And this next thing, it's coming out, but it's not necessarily the new hotness. It's an incremental upgrade. It encourages people to continue buying the PS4. Eh, that so makes sense. Otherwise, they would have lost all their sales, especially in this year to whatever, whatever Stadia is and all these other things that are coming out. They would have had a hard time competing if everybody was also waiting for the PS5. Yeah. And then if the PS5 dropped and they didn't have any information on it and they're like, yeah, it's a upgrade from the PS4 hardware wise. The end. Like Boom. people would have been super like shitting on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so it totally makes sense what they're doing. And I don't know if you caught this, but about a week ago, Sony and Microsoft did an announcement together. Right. I did see that. That was very smart because fucking Microsoft have been really killing it on the development side of their uh cloud gaming so or just cloud services but it's Excluded. cloud gaming services so yeah it's uh and also they've been developing this for quite a while on the sort of business end of things just developing how their cloud works and all stuff they've been pouring tons of money and time into that so sony just going in with like yeah let's do that and i guess gaikai isn't gonna be <laughs> i guess they gave up on that I don't know. Did Gaikai become a thing? Do you remember that with the PS4 I announcement? Dude, I don't even know what that is. I know about their like expanded, um, what do you call it? Like I know about PS Plus. I'm actually not that big on Sony stuff. Like Me I don't either. do much with my yeah PS4 right now. Yeah. They they have stuff like um, PlayStation Now. Yes, like their kind of course. Streaming thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that was a thing. I guess that's what Gaikai became. But yeah, they did announce that and it being in partnership with Microsoft and. It was kind of announced in a cross-platform way as well with uh, Xbox tweeting about it at the same time and stuff. It's definitely, they're in a good position. Microsoft is in a good position with the streaming stuff because when I think about it and I look at the numbers, the having games always being streamed is a huge cost. Mm-hmm. Like it, the server farm cost there is very big. And if you already have an Xbox of some sort in your house that can play games, tacking this on is less of a cost. You can do things like maybe you boot up a, what do you call it? Like maybe you want to try out the new, I don't know. What's a game that takes like 12 hours to install? Oh God, seemingly any of them now. Like, yeah. like, like what if you just take a AAA game that would take 12 hours to install and while it's installing, you're playing it and yeah. then your save moves over. Like that, I think, is where streaming could be really powerful. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, that, that... And keep the cost down so that people aren't streaming all the time. They're just streaming it until it's ready on their local machine because obviously that's a better experience. Like I could definitely mm. see that for AAA titles. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it also just makes a lot of sense because, what is it? Is it Azure, the name of Microsoft's cloud thing? A Azure. Azure. Sorry. Yeah, something like that, right? And it's... uh. I say it all American. It's Azure. Azure. <laughs> oh, it was like hearing people say Notre Dame. It was, it was an amazing... <laughs> a very sad moment for France and for history, but a mild <laughs> moment of me realizing American people on the news would say Notre Dame. I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> like, <laughs> hang on a minute. 
Welcome but anyway. to the country. Yeah, it's amazing. No but, um, vacation time and we can't pronounce shit. <laughs> oh, and they'll do your accent. They'll do your accent at you. Like that. Oh, yeah. We think it's hilarious. God, yes, people do. That. Uh, this, it's, I'm getting into a side point, but if you, <laughs> if you meet an English person and they say hello to you, maybe don't go, hello, back at them. Chip, like, chip, cheerio. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, all right. I guess that's fine. <laughs> anyway um side point i was talking about the microsoft cloud so yeah microsoft cloud infrastructure i was actually weirdly watching a video about uh amazon and how amazon own a lot of the internet like because oh, of their aws yes exactly but microsoft were also in that same conversation as like the second or third one down because this was they were talking in relationship to google and how google isn't quite there with that level of like uh ownership for setting up their own cloud systems whereas microsoft were already like it was just a side point in this thing where they were talking about amazon and google but it was like huh microsoft have really been chipping away uh actually having this infrastructure very ready (laughs) so microsoft has i don't know how to explain it like Microsoft has Mixer, which is objectively better than Twitch, but was too late. They've yes. got... Um, and Twitch are just mining all their stuff now. Like, Twitch yeah. have started implementing and a lot of their very good features. Twitch is owned by Amazon, mm. um, which also owns AWS. You would think they, like, if, in a war, in a three-way standoff between, like, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, Amazon should win, but Amazon... Mm historically just isn't doing well in the video game sphere no they they've certainly kept trying i would say alexa is one of the things recently that has stuck of theirs that they've launched that uh has been successful as opposed to quite a few other things that they have definitely launched that have not gone as well like the phone or the gaming services yeah google's got a shaky history for some of the people in boston um Mm. because of because a lot of people here were really into like the Google Dreams, the 3D yes. phone thing. But I mean, overall, though, Google Play is pretty... Like, Google has a storefront and they have YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've they've proven that they know gamers and they know gaming through those two things. Yes. Uh, and you can argue maybe YouTube doesn't count, but with YouTube, oh. expanding YouTube gaming, they've got streaming that's not as powerful as twitch but they've got a platform to market shit if they want to. they do and i will say though youtube gaming was demonstrably not the success that i feel it was initially being pushed as streaming to youtube is still definitely a thing that a lot of the big gaming creators are doing more and more as much as there was a mass exodus to twitch i'm still seeing a lot of the big creators when they stream, they will stream to YouTube purely for that ease of archiving. The audience is already there, and their streaming is getting a lot better than it was. Also, I don't. I'd have to look at the numbers globally again, but I think YouTube is killing Twitch overseas, like specifically oh. in Asia. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, just through working for XSplit and us having a Japanese community manager. Twitch just really is a not big player in Japan. There are much bigger services, both Japanese created that like are not really big over here, but are huge in Japan. And also, like you say, YouTube, very big in Japan as well. Mm. Like that's kind of the service. Yeah. So if you look at like global streaming, YouTube, I think is might be bigger than Twitch. So that's that's huge for Google, mm. possibly. 
Um, depending on how much you think, like, how much does it matter that you're streaming plat? Well, I mean, you, you've got this cocktail of things that you can do with a streaming platform like what Stadia is. And it's definitely very interesting to see which direction they go in. But I, I would put them as, like, th that's such a fucking wild card. It's mm -hmm. interesting to see what happens with Stadia. I feel like I have a better understanding of what Microsoft can do with xCloud. Because yes. it, like I, I can immediately think of several very simple things they can do to expand upon their existing infrastructure. And they've got the AAA audience on lock and they've got consoles in people's houses. It's, so. Yeah, it's very true. And they have been since the... I mean, this groundwork has been there for before this, but I feel like the pivot from when the Xbox One came out to building up what they're working towards has been gradual, but it's been constantly there. Like, they're still working towards that. Here's the thing, it streams to everywhere, but they're also acknowledging that, hey, maybe we could make money by being the people that have the cloud service already. Like, that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, too, because I feel like there's been so many swings and misses lately. Like, the all of... <laughs> I don't want to go to the 3D TV with Sony, but, like, oh. not just... But, like, VR, AR mm. being the hot new thing that was definitely impending and then just kind of fading away. Like, yeah. you have to keep in mind, like, Google had Dreams, but Microsoft had the HoloLens. And I guess that's still happening, but it's been downplayed quite a bit. It has. And it's I don't know if you followed that at all. It's uh, The HoloLens 2 came out, and they're pushing it towards businesses. Like, it's not even being sold as a consumer product anymore. It's, uh, they're going enterprise with it, yeah. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because a lot of the applications are amazing for... They they used examples of, like, builders and people like that that need to see where they're oh, yeah. going to put stuff or, like, surgeons, and, and that is where they're pushing it now. But, yeah, anyway, yeah, sorry, go ahead. There's a, no, you're right. There's a crap ton of money in that. And that's, like... And in reality, like... When you think of a lot of the platforms that take off for gaming, they don't usually start as gaming platforms, right? Mm. Like the phone was a phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it had apps and then it had games, right? Mm, 100%. So I, I think that's um, trying to push gaming first, I think might have been a mistake from for this technology in the first place. Because mm. the most interesting and compelling use cases were always the not games. Were always yeah, the apps and completely. these other things. So that makes sense. And, and I, Lord knows Microsoft is like gaming is a part of what they do so pushing that moving that over to their enterprise kind of side of things makes sense um but yeah it's a oh man it like i don't know where we're gonna be in a year like and it's exciting and it's cool but it's terrifying too because like <laughs> i've got to find a way to survive but yeah like, and uh the in general i'm always scared anytime we've uh, the funding in the industry tends to go in like waves Yes. So there's a ton of funding for everybody and everybody wants content people at the beginning of a generation. And this feels like a really big wave that's mm. happening right now. And I feel like in a year or two, there's going to be no money. Everyone's going to be have the things they've already invested in and they're going to either double down and reinvest more or not. And then there's going to be like three years of quiet again. If not, I, I, it depends on how doom and gloom you are about subscription services and yes. actual like streaming services and things. Like maybe it's more than three years. I don't know. But like we're, it makes me kind of anxious. It's like, I want to, I, I don't, I could go into this more, but like, uh, it's just so unknowable right now. And usually that's oh, yeah. exciting, but it's less exciting when you're like trying to run a business. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like I can be excited <laughs> about it as someone that's at this point tangentially linked to the games industry and pretty much just a consumer like i can just look at it as an enthusiast and be like "Ooh, 
things. Like, there's always going to be video games, so I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Whereas, yeah, you have to make money off of the video game you're trying to make. (laughs) Theoretically, if I want to keep... I mean, I really, really enjoy what I'm doing right now too much. And I think you're always, like, a little more scared when you have something to lose. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I just want to keep doing this. And it's like, uh, I guess it has to be profitable. And when I started, I didn't intend for it to be profitable. But now, oh, man, I don't get to keep doing it unless it is, right? (laughs) So that just becomes, like, a thing. But... uh, And I know how to do it. Whatever, whatever. We go into it. But, like... It is an interesting time right now. I'm excited to see what happens at E3. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what it gets announced this year. I think we're going to, like, if I had to bet, I would bet a bunch of middleweight games are going to drop like a rock in Q4 this year between, and maybe some heavyweight games too. I think a lot of the AAA heavyweight games are going to be dropping with the new consoles next year. Like, so there's... Like on Twitter, I, I mentioned, I didn't mean for this to go viral, but like I did, somebody in that I follow was talking about how none of the Epic game, none of the money from the Epic game store was going to like a struggling indie dev. It's I only going this. to huge AAA things. Yes. And I was like, no, nah, I mean, and I just kind of like, well, they're supporting kind and I just went Let me show things. you how it's demonstrably yeah. not true. Like, <laughs> Well, that wasn't like cheeky. It was like three tweets. No, like, Here's but what like. It's done for me, right? And it yeah. and everybody and it went viral, which is always scary. But everybody was super nice about it. Mm. People were just having conversations about it. They're like, "Yeah, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like." You know, is competition good? And in general, like it was just like a, people on the internet being, you know, having a reasonable conversation on Twitter. It was beautiful. It can happen sometimes. It's rare, but it can happen sometimes. I was on the Epic Game Store just the other day because I finally bought Supergiant Games uh, Hades which is in early access on there at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Epic Games Store had a little sale at the same time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to... And there was some controversy about that sale, as I recall. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to buy it. Brilliant. Supergiant Games have not made a single thing that I haven't enjoyed. And Hades is probably the best roguelike I've ever played. I'm never normally a big fan of roguelikes because I'm Do bad wanna- at them. I want to interrupt you. Do you Go want to ahead. talk a bit about the controversy and the sale for the Epic Game Store? I, I do. do. I don't know too much about it. So actually, the, basically where that story was going was that I was scrolling through the Epic Game Store and I saw Kine and I got a little excited. That that, that was <laughs> it. I, I, I saw it and I went, oh, oh that's Gwen's thing. The Epic Game that Store is... is beautiful, by the way. The way they're laying everything out is wonderful. And really, I love a it. lot of people hate it. There's no search functionality. It is difficult for discoverability. Uh, true, as, they, I guess. as it scales, it needs to change. They I just that. I found the thing I was looking for real fast, so I guess I had no complaints. So <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I would like to buy Hades. It is right there at the top click <laughs> like yeah but i think there's anyway. definitely growing pains it'll definitely get there and i think one of the growing pains was this sale so like, this is what i know briefly okay. and normally a lot of what i know comes from rami tweeting about it because that man knows all the things and it was something to do with the fact that they didn't inform people that they were in a sale they just kind of did it and even though I think it may have been the case that every nobody lost any money, like on the developer end, they still got the same money, maybe, hmm. but they didn't tell anyone. So that's so let me, my understanding. Let me speculate wildly here, okay? Ooh, even better. Go ahead. Because, like, well, there are, there, there's, 
if you do a thing where you give, like Steam at one point did a thing where they gave everybody $5 at checkout after yes. they bought a, a game, right? Um, and if you message that properly, that's fine. Mm. And that's very different from taking a game and saying this is now 10% off or 50% off. Yeah, that was... It's very different from saying a percentage off. And the, it matters even though that, like say if there's a game that's $10 and it's your Steam is giving you $5 towards it mm. and they give that to you in your checkout cart, that's very different from saying, hey, this game is 50% off on the storefront. And the reason it's different is because there's price parity between different storefronts. Yes. So you'll often have agreements with one storefront that says, hey, if I'm out on this other storefront, or if I'm on sale at any storefront for this price, sorry, if I'm on sale at any storefront, I will be, when I come out on sale on your storefront, I will be there for the same price. Yeah. So even though Epic was paying like the $10 off, what could happen, this is what I speculate, Mm -hmm. because objectively there's, if Epic is just giving people money to play the to buy your game, of course you don't take the, that down. That's great. <laughs> like, I thought so, right? Like so that what you're explaining here definitely sounds interesting, but that was my layman's perspective mm-hmm. of like, oh, okay, well what's the problem? Like you're not losing anything. Yeah, I know. But the problem is you do lose on the other storefronts. Uh-huh. You're you're put in breach of contract and you're the storefronts. Oh <laughs> Yeah, the old breach of contract. That no one's gonna enjoy that. Yeah. So the way so obviously, like, and I think what Epic is doing, what they described to everybody, like, was that, yes, we're giving, we are paying, we are giving you money in checkout. But the way they messaged it initially when you opened, booted up their storefront was percentage off. Oh, yeah, that is what it was. I know that because I, that's when I bought Hades. I, I opened it and it said everything over $15, I think. It was something like everything over $15 has $10 off and everything else has, like, 10% off. So... Lots was there. And also I noticed uh like Borderlands 3 came off the Epic store during that sale. Like it they just took it off. Like it was there for a bit and then it vanished for a bit. And I think it came back with the 10% off rather than the ten dollars off because it was a pre-order. So I don't know what happened there, but it was definitely a case of took for me as a consumer, it was like, you got ten dollars off. And I was like, This is great. <laughs> and I bought it. Yeah, but. it was a, it was definitely uh, just what they were trying to do and how they messaged it. I suspect put a lot of people in breach of contract. I ah. only have a contract with Epic, so I'm <laughs> fuck. Like I would have been great. I I I'm pro Epic, and I think this sale was like God beautiful. Like I loved this it. Is, this is every developer's dream, right? Like you're putting it on sale, but I get all the money. That's fine. Yeah, that's giving people great. money to buy my shit. I'm in. You like are, that's, you are just the only wonderful. ones losing money out of this deal. Like that's but, it. Like, but if you're a bigger deal, like if you're if you're a, a game that's on many platforms, and oh, you know the Steam so like Clay gets most of their money from Steam and from other places, right? Hmm. They're not getting most of their money from the Epic Game Store. Yeah. And so and this. And if putting your game on sale and the Epic Game Store drives down your your price point on other stores, then you're not going to be real happy about this, right? That so makes that a lot I of think sense. yeah, that's something along those lines. Like I don't know, ex- obviously, I have no idea why everybody pulled because uh, several people did pull their games. Yeah, so I have no idea why, but that would be very strongly my guess would be something along those lines. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it was um, great. It was great for me. I got a game I wanted on the day I wanted to get it, and it also just happened to be cheaper. Like, it was a a great time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's care- you have to be so careful how you message these things too. Mm. Um, like uh, with the right presentation on the storefront, I don't think they would have had any problems. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Again, I didn't even until Rami tweeted about it. I think Rami is the news for me a lot of the time with game developer stuff. Like it's normally Rami that I see the news he, from. He is like a diplomat in the games industry. He he's really like, is. He's quite something. Yeah, his conference is coming up soon too. I know. Shoot. Game Dev World. Yeah, Game Dev yeah. World, man. That's gonna be exciting. I got to talk to him about that uh, at PAX South, I think it was. And yeah, that's gonna be that's a thing that I know you've been talking about it for a long time. Which is like, why isn't there an online convention? And this yeah, is definitely well, one of those an seeds. online conference. Conference. It's definitely sorry. not. You know, like, it's not what I was thinking when I was thinking of online conferences. Like, when I think of the advantages that you can get from online conferences, I'll admit this wasn't it. But this is beautiful in a totally different way. And I yeah. really, really like it. I Like, it's it's ambitious and it's cool. Oh, God, it is. So, it's a conference where they're going to have speakers from uh, different corners of the world speak- who are successful speaking. Um, we're, they're shipping out webcams to everybody. They're going to be speaking live on Twitch. Yep. And it's going to be live streamed. Yep. Oh, sorry, live translated. That's in, the bit. Yeah, exactly. So, into, yeah, go ahead. I would just speak. Speaking as a live stream producer, uh, talking to him about it, he was describing it to me, and it was like, you know, we're going to have different guests from all around the world, and they're going to go from one to the other into the same feed. So you're watching twitch.tv slash game dev world or whatever it ends up being. And you see the whole, it's continuous. You lose nothing, even though it's different people logging in and out, like one person in Israel and then one person in Belgium. Like it's, it's one to the other. Like, but none of that was making me sweat in any way. I was like, I know how you do that. I could tell you how that would be achieved. That's kind of easy. But then he puts on the caveat of, we're going to do live translation in multiple languages. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, now this this is where you get ambitious, Rami. <laughs> I was like, this is where I scratch my head and I have to sit down and think about it. Of like, how are you doing that? You're bringing in this one feed and then you're splitting it into multiple feeds and someone's doing this live translation for that one feed. It's not and impossible. It but yeah, like collecting questions and translating those questions. Yes. At the end. And this is where I'm like, look, this is becoming like, Without the live translation, I was like, okay, I could see how I could run that for you. Like, I can see how I could take in all those feeds into one thing and boot it out. Like, you you could do that. One could do it. But the live translation, I'm like, man, you're going to need, like, you're going to need a team. And you're going to need, like, a kind of, almost like, I would want that to be a centralized team if I was doing it. And then I was like, and then you're going to need some mad internet to like, <laughs> to, like, pull this off and, like, so yeah, that is that is the fact that he seemingly is pulling it off is because live translation of live streams and I will say like for uh giving just captions for live streams is a big deal and there's been some amazing software that's actually come out recently that gives at least English speaking people the ability to do that which means like people that can't hear very well or like people that are just deaf or you just want captions can have them and they can actually now interact with this medium which is like that's cool but like live live translation done by a human is that's not been done and that's quite a, well i mean it kind of has like sort of not actually well, no I mean- 
Live translation has been done, not in this yes, medium. Yes, in the medium. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. and, and I was suddenly thinking, I was like, well, they kind of do different commentary streams for like the big League of Legends streams and stuff like that. But I was like, but that's different. I was like, that's also like, uh, you know, just a separate feed. That's a separate channel. And it's like, I wonder how they're going to do all of this. It it's it's amazing, though. It's ambitious and it's definitely it's got something. A team. It sounds like he's pulling it off. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and he's so, like he's such a like he's such a charming and charismatic man that like him talking to me about it didn't make me go like you're crazy like <laughs> like if someone someone told me that I'm like you're gonna do what and you've got how much money to do this what what are you talking about <laughs> it made me go it, it, I was excited like because he he is such a infectious person I was like wow you're doing a big thing dude this is really cool like how can x or y help and you know stuff like that so it's gonna be gonna be interesting i'm excited for that i have too many things to be excited about we should probably wrap this up gwen <laughs> sure well it's always fun talking to you chris light it is and i think finally we can say that we will be doing this regularly that will be a thing we say that every time let's just say that we won't let's just say that this is the last one and then <laughs> it's like opposite world and then, then because we oh. said this is the last one, we'll actually have one. Yes. No more uh, dialogue box until next week. So have a <laughs> have a good time, people. Sorry, you wrap this, this up. I started to oh. wrap up, and then I was like, I don't wrap this up. I have nothing to say. <laughs> you have a lot to say. That appears to be the thing. Well, yeah, it's my thing. Yeah. yeah. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the dialogue box. <laughs>